Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And we are somehow at season 18, episode 8. Does it feel like we've watched 8 episodes of this show already? Just from this season? Yeah. No, it's been flying by. But have they been good? The first few were very good. Okay. That I do remember. I just feel like we're already what should be halfway through the season, and I'm really confused about what the remainder of the storyline can possibly be. I thought that they were going to drop like a mid-season trailer with some additional content because from the preseason trailer, we're basically down to maybe two scenes that we haven't fulfilled on the show itself, and one of them is going to be next week. Right, the convo between Garrison and everyone who's at his house. Right, about how Robin can have Cody and they don't need a dad because they're adults. So then the only thing left was Robin crying on Coyote Pass after Mary says something cryptic. That'll be the big one, yeah. (laughs) So I thought they were going to release more Maybe they will. Yeah, I thought more sneak peeks of some kind. We don't have any idea when the season's going to end yet, but if this is halfway... Are they saving some explosive shit for the second half? Remember they did that to us last season where they dropped a mid-season trailer and then there was crazy shit in the back half of it. Yeah, and then they led into the crazy stuff at the beginning of this season. But I don't know. Are we out of crazy stuff? I don't know if we're going to see Mary leave this season. They can't drag that out for another season, right? I'm sure they will, though. (laughs) They'll find a way. We still have to meet David. You think they'll do that at the very end of the season? introduce him so then we have a little tease before we get into season 20 19 what season are we on i really hope that we skip over the matchmaking storyline for christine and just pretend like the matchmaker gave her david because they did not meet through a matchmaker they met through online dating yeah i'll lose it if we have to watch her go on a series of bad dates knowing that she is now married to david We will come back to that. This episode is called The Writing on the Wall. The writing is on the wall. The writing is on the wall. Thank you, Corey. Because the writing is on the wall. What is our episode description from TLC? The TLC description is, Cody takes Janelle out for her birthday and talks about wanting to start over. Mary reveals to Cody that she's moving her clothing business to Utah but not giving up on their relationship. And his reaction is worse than she expected. First of all, that's saying a lot for it to be worse than she expected because she expected it to be pretty bad. I think she keeps her expectations low for good reason. But then 
she's still surprised when she's disappointed. That's <laughs> the problem that we're having now is that she has no expectations, yet she's still being disappointed. And I would argue that Cody doesn't want to start over with Janelle. He wants to pick up where they left off. Yeah, just before the fight. Yeah, pretend all of that stuff that made you mad at me never happened. I want you to ignore that stuff. I still said that stuff, and I meant the stuff that I said, but I just want you to pretend like it didn't happen and pretend like everything's fine. Just get over it, because that would be more convenient for me personally. I'm not looking to explore the deeper meaning of that conversation, what was said, how it was said, anything that was communicated between us. Not looking to deep dive on any of that. Now, starting over is too much effort, and that's what he doesn't want to put in. He just wants Janelle to put out. I took some liberties with the rewrite. Let's hear it. Mary is downgraded from basement wife to barn dominium wife. Cody discovers he's not enough for Janelle. That's it. Nothing else happened this episode. <laughs> uh, Garrison becomes a landlord or yeah. Slumlord? Slumlord. <laughs> sibling lord. It is funny that his house is going to be occupied before Coyote Pass has even one family member living on it. He's a real go-getter. I'm trying to think of other things that could have been in part of the rewrite. Uh, Christine uses the wrong bathroom. Yeah, what's what else do we have? There was other weird stuff that just popped up this episode that was not necessary information, but we sure did get it. I really enjoyed that this episode seemed to somehow serve as inspiration for Greta Gerwig's Ken character when he discovers the patriarchy in the Barbie movie. For having this filmed before the Barbie movie existed, it's pretty impressive how many tie-ins we had. I mean, direct correlations to the themes in that movie, (laughs) because that's just how much of an archetype he is. So I don't know if they studied Cody Brown as part of the research process the writers went through for the Barbie movie. It could have been. Maybe they were just in the same men's rights forums that he's been browsing. The horse ring. I think that's what set it off for me. The man extender ring. (laughs) Which, by the way, if you'd like to purchase, is $1,025 from David Yerman. There's some horse in this house. (laughs) All right. Announcements before we get into the episode itself. Christine got married. Yeah, that seems to be definitely the biggest story that we're all talking about. She got married on Saturday, August, 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 October 7th in none other than Utah, Moab, Utah. Red rocks, bitches. (laughs) It's beautiful. You can look up the pictures exclusively available through People. That's the only place you're going to find any photos of the wedding so far. Some people were able to sneak on to the venue's website and grab some screenshots from the ceremony webcam that they have set up there at the actual venue itself. You could tell what's going on, but you can't really tell who's there. It's just the back of people's heads for the most part. Yeah, and it's kind of grainy because it's from a distance, but still you get to see what the surroundings look like, and it is going to be amazing on TV, which you know is where this is eventually going. Oh, the cameras were there, yeah, and they had a whole jib arm set up. It was going to be an entire extravaganza here for the wedding. So we know they got footage of it. We just got to wait five years to see it. (laughs) I would be shocked if her wedding is not the finale of next season. I think we'll see her relationship with David play out for the majority of the season, and it'll lead up to their wedding. So she's going to meet him in the first episode next season and then marry him by the finale? Well, that's where I'm saying maybe we'll meet him at the end of this season. I really hope that we would, but I don't know. I think there's just going to be like quiet rumblings about him so far. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see. I just don't see an accelerated timeline anywhere in our future. Anyway, David called Christine one hot mama in the post that he made on Instagram with their picture from the wedding. So pretty sure she's happy with the decision she made. And that is her freaky bitch soulmate. And he had a Darth Vader groom cake. So he's kind of winning me over. He's go- He scored some points. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I'm still reserving judgment until we actually meet him. 
Yeah, because now I'm just picturing he probably has like a squeaky helium voice because I've never heard this guy say anything. He doesn't. I, but, I, <laughs> but that's what I'm going to imagine until I actually see him and it becomes canon that we meet him. Will Christine remain Christine Brown? What do you think? Changing names. It's just a paperwork shuffle. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. Oh, I'm here for the eventual episode where Christine wants to change Truly's last name or Truly wants to change her last name. May take a few years before we get there, but yeah, that'd think, be some drama. I think Gabe and Garrison already want to change their last names. <laughs> Should we talk more about the ring? Not Christine and David's wedding rings, but Cody's ring that he seems to have replaced the Clotta ring with. Was there more to that story? Well, there's more to the story in that they seem to be, he and Robin, collecting multiple David Yerman pieces. Because if you remember, the heart of the ocean that he started wearing, what was that, over the summer? The amulet? That is also from the same jewelry designer. And that is $1,100. So... We know now that he owns over $2,000 worth of jewelry just from two, these two pieces. In addition to the artwork, I am suspicious. Well, let me know when it gets to $60,000 because that's <laughs> apparently the middle class limit for rings, as we found out on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City this week. Right, according to Lisa Barlow, which if you'd like to listen to our recap of that most recent episode of Real Houses of Salt Lake City called The Nastiness and Rumors. That is on our Patreon at patreon.com slash survivingpod. Remember, every dollar you pledge makes us just a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet. Huge thanks to all of our patrons out there, except for the basement wife tier and probably soon to be barn dominium tier. <laughs> Let's get into it. So we open with a shot of the sign to Coyote Pass, the street sign. Oh, let's be clear. This is not a sign for their property. This just happens to be the name of the road, Coyote Pass. Well, that's where they got the name of the property was yes. the street sign, the street that it's on. I understand. <laughs> there was no investment made in the land, probably because they wouldn't even be able to put up a sign because they don't own the land yet. They still owe on it. Basically, all you can do is live out here on an RV or ride around some little four-wheelers, some ATVs. Right, worth the investment of hundreds of thousands of dollars. We also saw a good shot of the brown waters of the Coyote Pass Pond. The swamp plague is looking full. That runoff from the mountains. Remember just a few short seasons ago when they were all fighting about who was going to get the piece of property with the pond on it? I would like a piece of property with a pond on it. <laughs> that just feels like a thing of the past. It's like a alternate reality, different universe, totally different timeline. So what's going on? We've got Robin and Cody pulling up to Mary's house in separate cars. Separate vehicles and not the ones that you would think because Cody rolls up in his little sports car, if you want to call it that. It's a very tiny vehicle. His little two-seater midlife crisis. And Robin rolls up in his truck again. I guess she's getting real comfortable driving that thing around. Yeah, I was surprised that she was in the truck again, but we'll see if that continues. I did think it was weird that they're pretending still that they're not together at all points in time during the day. Is that the way that they've veiled it now? Is that they realized, uh-oh, we keep showing up to these things in the same car, coming from the same place at the same time. Maybe we should kind of play into the illusion that we're not spending every waking moment together. I don't know. Do you think maybe Mary begged Robin to come in a separate vehicle in case Cody flipped out during the conversation and left so that she could stick behind and talk to her longer. I gave him an out. I forgot to check and see if his shirt matched. He might have just been going to pick up Janelle straight from here <laughs> for their date at the end of the episode, which, boy, what a treat that was. I don't think this really puts you in the mood to go on a, a first date. In the car, I just can't wait to pick you up on our very first date. Are you quoting something? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> there is a crate of LuLaRoe. I'm assuming it's LuLaRoe shipping orders by the front door. Just waiting for USPS to come pick them up. Yeah, she scheduled a pickup today, but they did not pick up yet. I'm surprised Cody didn't trip over them or stomp on them or just blunder his way into the house here. 
not realizing that this is entirely her business. He doesn't even see them because it's very reminiscent of Robin's house where there's just piles and piles of mail and boxes that came from some retailer. Yeah, he's just tunnel vision. It's just white noise to him at this point. (laughs) Plus, he can't see them because his hair keeps getting in his eyes. So he has to run back out to the car to grab his sunglasses to hold his hair back, you know, for like when he starts yelling at Janelle and his sunglasses start running amok. See, this is where the sunglasses are no longer sunglasses. You're using them as a headband. Well, this is where your hair is no longer hair if it needs to be held in place by sunglasses. I would argue that you have two components here that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. If this man shaves his head, I mean, I guess we know he hasn't shaved his head, but I'm waiting for the day that he does. Do you know how weird his head would be just in shape in general? You think that's the issue? I think he's got a bumpy head. Okay. Still think it would be an upgrade from the situation that we have going on here. Get a hair transplant. If you're that attached to the hair. He doesn't have money for that. Sell one of your many pieces of artwork or jewelry. Do you know how much that costs? Hair transplants these days? Three paintings, at least. You can't let that go. All right. Well, they sit down at Mary's Kitchen Island, but on opposite ends of it, because they want to avoid any indication that there's affection between the two of them. Right. Maybe if they do this enough, Mary will forget that Robin is the favored wife. (laughs) And that he spends 100% of his time at Robin's house. And hasn't stepped foot near Mary's property in years at this point. I'm so over the PDA conversation. We get it. We don't care. It doesn't matter if you're not holding hands or that Robin's not sitting literally on top of you when you see your family. We all know she's still the favorite. They didn't seem to have that issue at Mock Christmas when Cody grabbed Robin and they sat in the same chair in front of some of Christine's kids. But I guess that's because Christine's not his wife anymore. He doesn't have to pretend. He doesn't have to pretend like there is no affection between him and Robin. Well, Mary's not his wife anymore either, but he has to keep giving her hope so that she sticks around for Robin's sake. But she still plays his wife on TV. Well, I guess we're supposed to feel bad for Cody and Robin because of this, because they just can't expose their love for one another, which I don't think any of us want to see anyway. I think we're all pretty good with the level of PDA that we're getting from them. Yeah, I liked how upset Cody was at polygamy for essentially souring his relationship and ability to have public displays of affection with Robin. That's what polygamy is robbing him of now. He doesn't get to be openly affectionate with Robin 24-7 like he wants to be. But they start off with the chit-chat here. How are things going? Good. Pretty good. All around, everybody's good. It's good. Thing is, it's not good. And we all know it's not good. Because the family is in turmoil right now. It's really awkward whenever we have to watch Cody and Mary talk to each other, especially when Robin's there for some reason. It's like even weirder. It's like they're both trying to be on their best behavior in front of her. Nobody wants to upset her. Well, I like how the only way they can communicate is through Robin. So Mary's not even talking to Cody in this entire conversation. She's talking to Robin, and Cody just happens to be sitting at the other side of the bar overhearing this. It's so toxic. And Mary does the whole thing where she starts to hyperventilate again as she's starting to talk about why she called this meeting, which is that she's going to be moving her clothing business to the B&B, and she's going to downsize her house here in Flagstaff. Same thing we heard last week. It's just an FYI. It's something that's happening. I'm not looking for your input on it. I'm just informing you of things that are going on in my life. So Mary has shared what she's had to share, and now it's time for Cody to speak. So Robin's starting to pray. She's internally really hoping that whatever comes out of his mouth is going to be the right thing, because Mary is two steps from the edge, and she needs some hope to hold on to. Robin is really hoping that Cody can just successfully string Mary along a little bit further. Just please don't fuck this up. Yeah, good luck with that. But that's when Mary notices the horse ring. And that throws the conversation into a tailspin pretty quick. (laughs) She's, I enjoy her. I love that she's just willing to point things out at this point in time. She's not playing along with things anymore. I am thankful for the Marisance this season. <laughs> the 
Renaissance. We are having a merry Renaissance. So she's like, well, what's what's that ring? That's a different ring because it's not the clotter ring that he used to wear as basically a wedding ring. And then all the other wives have one as well. She didn't even mention the huge stinking Rolex on his wrist either, but she's probably used to seeing that. The horse ring caught her off guard, though. Well, also because it's gaudy and gross. It's this big square ring with this gold horse insignia on it. But to be honest, Cody kind of lost interest in patriarchy once he found out it wasn't about horses. So Robin just got him the horse ring to commemorate his experience with his version of patriarchy. At that special point in time. I think that was what happened. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what is the significance of this ring? And why did you take your clotter ring off to put this on? And he and Robin are just being really weird about it. Like Robin goes, it's it's a cool ring, right? Pretty neat, huh? I used your money to buy it. It's pretty <laughs> cool, huh? No, it's ugly and tacky as hell. I was disappointed that we didn't get more conversation about the ring. We needed to have at least 30 minutes dedicated to it. I love how pissed off Cody was that she brought it up on camera. Like you can clearly tell that that's why he's upset that she called it out while the cameras were there. But she makes a good point. Don't wear it to my house if you don't want me to see it. On camera? And he's been wearing it on camera throughout the season. Apparently, in his confessional footage, he's been wearing it. So this is where the episode would shift gears. But we're just going to go ahead and do the job that the editors should have done on the show and just keep this whole conversation all together. Again, they're still learning about how to intercut scenes. They're still trying it out this season. It's hit and miss so far as the feedback that I would give. Maybe we need to have more important stuff that happens where we don't need one conversation for an entire fucking episode because that keeps happening too, where there was the conversation between Janelle and Christine last episode and the conversation between Mary and Robin. Each of them were one single conversation between two people, and they made that 45 minutes of television. It's very boring. Well, I feel like that's why this episode kind of missed the mark, because we're just watching Mary have that conversation again, but now with Cody and Robin. Like, you could have put those together, where she talked to Robin about it first, she was nervous about it, for half of the episode. And then we have the meetup with Mary and Cody and Robin. Because that culminates and completes that storyline. We don't need to stretch it over two episodes. But we're done with the back and forth. So we're going to keep going here. Cody basically totally lost in this whole conversation about the B&B. Well, he's trying to figure out, is this a good thing? It sounds like a good thing because you're going to be further away more of the time. So I'm assuming that's good. Is that how we want this to be perceived? The thing is, he has spent so much time not paying attention to what's going on in Mary's life that he doesn't even understand why she would be doing this, right? She told Robin last episode how much time she's spending driving back and forth from Flagstaff to the B&B. He seems to like not even take that into account as a factor because he doesn't notice when she's gone. Well, and Cody's just so used to playing mind games with Mary that he can't even comprehend when she is being straightforward and upfront with him where he's like, is she only bringing this up? Just so that I beg her to stay here in Flagstaff? Is that why this is coming up? No, because she's not moving to the B&B. I don't know why he had such a hard time grasping that, but boy, did he miss that memo. And he goes into this weird phase where he starts rambling about how she's going to need to move the clothing clothing racks and how you're going to do that. You're going to do it the way that you used to do it. And then he tells some random fucking story that nobody cares about or remembers, including Mary. Well, yeah, as soon as he started spouting off into the logistics of moving clothes on racks, I was like, boy, this is the riveting Sister Wives content that we've been missing for the last couple seasons. (laughs) Well, you know why he went there, right? Because he's avoiding any serious conversation they could be having. And also, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't want to ask any follow-up questions. He's not interested in the details. He's not interested in helping Mary move. He's not interested in what the possible ramifications of this are or any games that he thinks that she's playing. Well, I love how he expects credit for this, too. 
It was just some weird story about a woman at one of Mary's sale events that she was having back in Vegas, which that was years ago at this point, I'm sure. Mary has zero recollection of this ever taking place. So is this something that even happened? I don't know. But Robin seems to be very impressed that that's why she believes that Cody's still so invested in this relationship with Mary. There's still these glimmers of hope that he can remember back to something seven years ago. And it's like, well, that was probably just the last interaction that he's had with Mary. So he was just recalling back to that. Mary doesn't even remember it. Did it happen? Was that just a dream? What was that? Well, it wasn't even an interaction between the two of them. No, it was just something that happened at a sale of hers around her to him. But he felt like that was very important to share, to show his investment in their relationship. Mary is very confused about what's going on. And you can tell she's starting to get a little disheartened. So Robin stares Cody, literally, she's staring him in the face and then says, it freaked me out and it stressed me out when she heard this news. So that was supposed to be a signal to Cody that you're supposed to also be worried about Mary doing this. Does it mean she's going to spend less time here? Those are questions you should be asking. (laughs) But he's not getting that memo either. He is not following up with any questions. So then Robin has to explicitly state, well, then we should probably work on scheduling some time so then that way we can still see each other. And Cody, we already know, not a scheduling man. That hasn't gone over well for years. But you can tell that Mary was picking up on what was going on because she points out that Cody's scowling. Like she, She's seeing what's going on here. Robin is trying to pull a reaction out of him because he really didn't have any. He was just like, okay, so how are you going to move the clothing? He's focusing in on the wrong part of the story. (laughs) But then Cody turns this into he actually kind of has a complaint about Robin because he doesn't want this sort of obligation or pressure to be available to Mary as a spouse or what's left of a spouse. Well, this is abusive, right? Because Robin is really the catalyst for stringing these wives along. Cody doesn't actually care about them staying. It's that she cares. So by proxy, he has been doing that for her own good. And at this point, he Mary, he's done with Mary. Mary's been at the bottom of the list for a long time. He's not going to even pretend to string her along. He hasn't been doing that for a number of years now. Even though he has two wives that are in worse situations than his relationship with Mary, because at least Mary wants to be with him, but he doesn't want to be with her. So that's the main difference there. But Robin being the superwoman that she is, she's the only one holding the broken pieces of this marriage between Mary and Cody together. And Cody's just not pulling his weight. Well, and she's also, as we know, the best communicator in the whole family. So she starts trying to push Mary. Say more. You didn't give him enough to react to. Say more. Tell him what you told me when we met last week to talk about this. Come up with some of those reasons that you gave me, too. I think she thought up too many reasons to give Robin, and then she didn't come up with enough to talk about with Cody. Well, so the thing is, I don't think that she really cared about telling Cody this part. It was just for Robin's sake to say, this does not mean I'm leaving the family. So then she has to say it to him, I'm not leaving the family. I'm not leaving you. This is purely a business decision. To which he just mumbles, hmm. Cody is not impacted by this. He does not care. No, he's so disinterested. So then with him not caring, now he has to start asking questions. Well, because the only part of that statement she made that he feels comfortable reacting to is the part where she said it's purely a business thing. So then he starts asking questions about that. She's asking me for business advice. So, okay. (laughs) That's very Kevin from the (laughs) office and I'm enjoying it. Are you still going to use Lizzie's Heritage Inn (laughs) as a business? I think he said the whole heritage thing. The whole heritage thing. I know it's a big deal. So he seems to think that she's moving into the house full time. That seems to be his understanding of it, which then Mary and Robin both correct him that that is not what's happening. 
She's not moving to the inn. And then he has to combat them. No, I know she's not. But what, you're taking up like one of the rooms that you would rent out then? No, because that would be moving into that. She's not moving there. The business is going to be stored there so she can maintain the B&B and still do her LuLaRoe sales and not have to drive back and forth. To be fair, he's been there like two times. He doesn't even remember the carriage house. No, that he wanted to be made into his place to stay. Remember that? That was the original barn dominium that we were going to have in this family, but it didn't work out. Carriage dominium? Carriage. Carriage dominium. Americana crafting fajita casita dominium. Well, that's all triggering for Mary because since she bought the B&B, she's been telling everyone repeatedly, I never want to live in it. I bought it because it's sentimental to me because my family used to live in it and owned it. I want to run a business out of it. I don't want to live in it ever. And Cody's like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I understand. And then immediately cut to his interview with the producer where he's like, "Uh, maybe I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't because you still think that she's moving there full time. Well, but you have to read between the lines of why he doesn't understand. It's he wants Mary to go live there because it's an easy solution to be done with her. Just go there and don't come back. That's what he keeps Slipping in, yeah, his preference is taking precedent in his comprehension of this conversation. Cody doesn't want to know. He doesn't care to know. And I think that Mary, coming into this conversation, she expected Cody to not really give a shit. But I think even with that as a baseline, she still has wildly underestimated the lack of knowledge that Cody has with what's going on in her life generally. Because I don't think he knows what the setup is, what the scenario is, what the living situations are like at Lizzie's Heritage Inn. He just comes through and crashes there for free with Janelle when they're on the way to pick up an RV. That's all he's used Lizzie's Heritage Inn for. And Mary's getting sassy again because you could tell that in all of her couch footage, she must already be on the road to divorce. Oh, this is already, yeah, way later down the line. She's got a lot to say in there. She's had a few sips of something, or she just wrote up that divorce statement. Because her brain is about to explode at this point in the conversation, because he should understand better than anyone. Because polygamous men have multiple homes. There are people who have more than one home. They have a vacation home. But polygamous men in particular live in multiple houses at one time. So what is he not understanding about that? But Cody's a man, and Mary is a woman, and the vulgarity of multiple houses for Mary, it's hard to fathom. She did have to mention sometimes they live in multiple houses because (laughs) he's not been doing that lately. Not in this instance, no. And then the snark that I was not expecting was when she was talking about how, well, there used to be a space that Bonnie stayed in, her mom, but... Clearly, she's not using it anymore because her mom died a year, a year and a half ago. And it's like... It should have been funny, but it was funny. But damn, Mary, I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) She was pissed in that interview. My God. But what's going to compel her to stay in Flagstaff? That's the problem here. Cody knows it's him, right? She has hope of having a relationship with him. And he's made it clear multiple times that that door is shut. But on the other hand, Cody also knows he can't abandon his, quote unquote, other wives. I mean, which ones do we want to count as other at this point? I guess Mary's still in that running, not even by Cody's definition, though. So it's hard to get a read on what that means. He can't abandon those other wives because then Robin will lose respect for him. And it's all about Robin's feelings. That's all that matters to Cody. Because fuck everyone else and the impact that it has on their lives that they get to stay in an unhappy marriage with a man who's stringing them along. doesn't matter as long as Robin's happy. So Mary is so stressed out about all of this. Cody's asking her all these stupid questions. And then she's even overwhelmed at the concept of these businesses that she is running alone. And what are her next steps and what is she going to do? She's stressed. She's anxious. It's all very overwhelming. She does not have anybody to help her through this. She does not have a partner to assist in this. What's Cody's assessment, though? 
boy, Robin really did a great job of coming to the aid of trying to reconcilation this <laughs> between me and Mary. Not that we need Robin, though, because Mary has been saying over and over again exactly what she wants. But according to Cody, Mary doesn't even know what she wants. And that's the way it's been for 30 years. And he has spent every moment trying to figure it out. Sir, she wants to be your wife and to be part of this family. But that's what he's saying. He doesn't want that. And he's just waiting for Mary to come around to the realization that he doesn't want that because it has to be her decision to go. Mary's gathering from this conversation that she's living life on her own. Keep doing that. Keep doing you. Keep doing you. (laughs) Because nobody else is going to. This is the point where he starts going into his weird problem solver mode that he tries to do by default with wives that he has weird relationships with. Let's start guessing because we know Cody is an excellent guesser. Well, it's like this is even weirder because it's like, all right, well, now that I have to deal with you, you're a problem to me. So let's try to solve the problem. Let's solve a couple of problems. Maybe if we can solve more than one problem simultaneously, this could work out. So let's run down the list of some of these problems. What do we have? Well, do you think you want to build a little casita house like Janelle on Coyote Pass? Well, we can't do that because we have to pay off the land. So do you want to pay off Coyote Pass? (laughs) That had to be why he said that, right? That would solve a problem. A couple problems. She hasn't had any interest in making plans to build on that property, unlike Janelle. Janelle already has blueprints. Maybe he's thinking we'll just copy those. And we could build you a little casita. We'll just use those exact ones. We'll build you Janelle's casita just to spite her. <laughs> so she doesn't get that house. You get that house, Mary. You get that barn. But still not the pond. Not the pond. Because the HOA said that you're, I, I can't. I can't give you that plot. This is all even more bizarre because she hasn't expressed any concern about where she's going to live. She's like, I'm just going to downsize and find another place to rent in Flagstaff. Like a studio apartment in Flagstaff, because I'm not planning to be here much. But she said nothing about that being an issue. But still, we're trying to somehow spend more money to solve a problem that isn't a problem. So do you want to either pay that off real quick? Or maybe are you cool with just living in a temporary RV situation like Janelle was? I mean, it was fucking miserable when she was doing it but that was you know three people and a couple of dogs so it's just you mary because i'm not coming back out there so it would just be you on the homestead i think you can pull it off you're gonna have to buy your own rv though you're gonna have to lug your own water too because we don't have that hooked up (laughs) and your trash i'm not gonna drive your trash can up from the curb sorry tough shit (laughs) no you don't like that you don't want to live in an rv which you can't even do year round all right How about I want to build a barn dominium on the land because I need a place to park my cars. I got extra stuff that I don't got room for. So I'm thinking about putting a loft in the top of this barn dominium. It's going to have like, you know, the normal things you'd need, like a refrigerator. A big screen TV. A shower. (laughs) A mini fridge. (laughs) A mini fridge. (laughs) Not fully stocked, though. No. How about a wet bar? Just full of plexus. (laughs) Would you want to live in there? With the rest of the things that I've chosen to discard and ignore and pretend like they don't exist in my life? Like so many problems I have. Maybe get rid of some of your shit. Well, he's trying. He's trying. Well, no, he's trying to condense his shit. And it's like, (laughs) no, man, you need to cut the line on a lot of this. You need to sell the stuff and let Mary loose. How do these people have so much stuff? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is when they were trying to blame it on all the stuff that was at Christine's house, which how much stuff was at Christine's house? We saw a couple of boxes in the garage. Wasn't a ton of stuff. But then they're complaining that Robin's house is just overwhelmed by Cody's things from Christine's house. It has to be some of the stuff from Janelle's house before she moved out of the rental because then she didn't have room for it in the RV. So it all just ends up in storage. And then she kicked him out of the apartment. So whatever did end up in the apartment, she also told him to take. We need to do some death cleaning, some Scandinavian death cleaning. Let's just go ahead and do that. Start that. Make that a principle. Does this spark joy type of cleaning that we need to go through all these boxes? At the end of this conversation, Mary's like, you know what? How about I just run a smaller house like I originally said I was going to (laughs) do? I don't like any of those ideas. By the way... 
have you seen the Barn Dominiums on TikTok? I was not a part of Barn Dominium TikTok until you were showing me some of them. Because they're not just, you know, little metal building with a little loft in the top like he's describing. He's trying to get his separate house. Yeah, this is not a casita. This is the framework for the biggie housey, which I don't know why you would still want something like that. No, he wants it just for himself. He needs his own getaway house. His mojo dojo? It's his mojo dojo casa house. Yeah, casa house? (laughs) Casita house? (laughs) (laughs) The writing is on the wall, supposedly for Mary. But if she's going to want to live in denial, that's fine. Cody will play along. He's such a gentleman. (laughs) He'll uh, accommodate her in her delusions. It's just because he's not going to make the first move to break up with her. He can't be responsible. Won't be held responsible. What did you think about Robin claiming that she actually had that conversation with Mary that she alluded to a few episodes ago where she said, sometimes I feel like telling her that I'm sorry I'm being selfish, that you should go find your happiness. She says in this episode that she had that conversation with Mary. She told her, Mary, you have an out. I just want you to be happy. So if that means leaving, then go for it. And Mary was like, please don't ever dangle that in front of me ever again. When did they have that conversation? I want to know because I have a feeling it was like catfish time period, not recent. I feel like it was probably recent too. Do you really? You can have that conversation multiple times in Mary's career. I just can't believe that she is actually looking for little scraps of hope to hold on to. It's been pretty clear now, right? Christine left, and that didn't open up any opportunity for Mary to get herself back into his good graces. So it's just not going to happen. Mary knows that Cody does not see value in her. He just wants to stash her away in the barn dominium with the rest of his junk. And that's where we leave them this episode. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Meanwhile, Garrison bought a house and Christine and Janelle are going to stop by to see it. Thankfully, he was able to save up while he was living at Janelle's during COVID. No thanks to Cody. And he bought his own place in Flagstaff. And now it's looking like Gabe and Gwen might move in with them. So they're picking rooms. They have to find accommodating closet space for Gwen because Gwen is out of the closet, in case you forgot, because we dedicated all of four minutes to it last season. One episode mentioned it in passing, so we have to drop that in again in case you missed it. Well, that's her own fault because she didn't save it for the cameras, as Robin told her to do. Sometimes Robin does have good advice. There's some concerns about this whole setup, though, if they're going to live together. They're going to have to share one bathroom. Gwen has a dog and Gabe has a dog, even though that's the same number of dogs at Janelle's house. I don't know why this is so complicated. (laughs) There's the lack of closet space. And then there's siblings. Siblings fight. And these siblings in particular have very different political views. Hmm. So it sounds like we're going to need some contracts in place. Since Garrison owns this house, he's going to need to have Gabe and Gwen on as lessees and then have Janelle and Christine as co-signers for them just to make sure he doesn't get left out in the cold here. It seems like what he's afraid is going to happen is they're going to get in a fight, a sibling fight, and then somebody's going to say, I'm not paying you rent. It does seem like that's the way it would probably go. And so that's Kind of concerning to the moms because they've already gotten in a situation where a lot of the family relationships are fractured right now. So maybe we don't put ourselves in a situation where we may be set up for failure and then we're going to be mad at each other. That's a good call. Gabe in the confessional, though, his hair was short because this is 
miles ahead in the future in terms of where we're at in the show. And his round glasses, he seemed so familiar to me, and I could not pin it down. There was a couple people in the Discord who were trying to say it was like Harry Potter's dad kind of had that look about him, I suppose, a little bit. And I don't know, I think it was, uh, what was that movie, Atlantis? That cartoon from Disney? <laughs> I remember that. He was like the main guy from that, Milo? I don't remember. remember yeah. I just remember the glasses, the round glasses. I think that's what it was. It was something else. Somebody else was in there. If I think of it, I'll have to bring it up. See who else it reminded you of, and we'll see if that rings any bells for me. So Christine's putting quotes around joking about how she wants Chanel to move into the other unit in the townhouse that she lives in. Yeah, I'm not going to say joking anymore. She is pressuring, openly, actively pressuring Janelle to move to Utah. I feel like she thought that Garrison and Gabe would get on her side and feel like, yeah, mom, you should move. But they didn't. Nobody said anything. They just kind of laughed nervously. No other support. Yeah, it was just Gwen kind of chuckling along. But they're talking about how great it was to spend the holidays together. They had the rental around Christmas time that they got to share. They just want to continue to do things like that and plan for things like that in the future. So whether that means buying property near Maddie, because that's where Janelle wants to be out in North Carolina, close to the babies. They want to be property sister wives, not property brothers. That'd be a whole other spinoff. Yeah, it would be Janelle and Christine buying dilapidated houses, going in and remodeling them, and then traveling to them to be near their kids and their grandkids. In the RV. It'd be great. That's a whole show right there. The point I feel like they're trying to make here is that this, this is the remainder of the family. What Robin and Cody has is a fake version of what this family is. It's a monogamous family. (laughs) That's what it is. So if we still want the plural family, we at least have two sectors of the family that are interacting. So that seems like it's kind of still the plural family element there. Cody didn't go over to the rental to spend any time with anybody. He didn't even call them on Christmas. So he called nobody. Nobody. Not even just Savannah. Just straight up nobody. Nope. Nice. He had a couple of Christine's kids over for mock Christmas, but again, that was at Robin's house. So it's seeming like this is the way the holidays are going to be like for now on out. And Garrison tells Christine again, like, I'm going wherever you go. Remember, that was the problem for Thanksgiving. Where Christine goes, one, we go all. (laughs) Most of us go two. Janelle's not even divorced from him yet and she's like i don't think we'll ever do a holiday with cody again she's getting so close she's getting so close to official divorce but man she still hasn't figured that one out yet she's still in denial and then the little lead-in they give us to next week is that this doesn't mean it's not devastating for the kids though especially for janelle's kids they were used to cody being around a lot more than christine's kids had cody around So this has been a big change for them. All right. Well, we have to talk about the date that nobody wanted to happen. Can't say it wasn't a murder tarp date because they did shut the cameras off halfway through. So we don't know what happened. We can't say for sure. We don't know what was in the trunk of that car. I know what was in the trunk of that car. (laughs) I think we all do. You have to assume. Well, a little birdie told Christine that Janelle is going to be going out on a date with Cody for her birthday. The birdie's name is Maddie. (laughs) Yeah. If he wants to know which kids are running their mouths, Christine is telling us every time she hears information from another one of the kids this season. It's all the kids that you favor, Cody. (laughs) It's Maddie and it's McKelty. She is making sure to cite her sources (laughs) so that he can't come at her in the tell-all about Who's saying what? The rumor mill. Janelle's attitude about the date is weird, though, because basically she's like, well, it's better than sitting home and watching TV. I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Jan. I would beg to differ. (laughs) I think it would be worse to spend time with Cody than it would be to just sit at home and watch some TV. I don't know. Maybe her birthday fell on a Sunday and Sister Wives was on, so. Yeah, nothing good on Sunday. (laughs) She still seems really conflicted, but maybe in her mind, this was a final opportunity to see if there's anything left there still. Like, is there a spark? Is there something repairable? Because her gut's been telling her no. 
Yeah, she's been feeling like there was a lot of finality in where they were. There hasn't been any progress that was made into repairing anything that's going on. She's also been severely disappointed that Cody had not been reaching out to Savannah at all. So it had been months by that time, too. I feel like that would be so unforgivable for me that I could not go on a date with this man and pretend that that hadn't happened. But Janelle is the Teflon queen, and she's also the queen at compartmentalizing. So she can shove down those emotions. She can bottle that stuff up and just go have a good time. And that's the plan. But Cody would just like her to do that for the rest of her life. And I don't think she's willing to sign up for that. But Cody's really going to try and get her to do that. So he pulls up in the car and it's awkward from the minute that she gets in because he's acting like nothing ever happened. Well, it has been a while. It's been six months since the fight. It's been four months since they had their separation conversation. So, yeah, that's why it doesn't feel so volatile at this point, because it's kind of over already. There's nothing fresh. There's nothing active to be upset about. No, but Cody has a new plan of action, which is to love bomb the shit out of her. Oh, yeah. And he's trying to get his pencil wet. (laughs) It's not something I needed to be reminded of. Yeah, he's looking at this as a test run to get back to normal. And by normal, we mean Cody's version of normal, which is highly dysfunctional. Yes. And so to do that, he has made a reservation at the nicest restaurant in all of Arizona, Mariposa, which we've been informed is not, in fact, the nicest restaurant in Arizona, nor is it so exclusive that it's difficult to get reservations at. But boy, he's so charming. He's still winning Janelle over. She's amazed that Cody was able to secure such reservations. He's never been able to do anything like this before. Well, he must have made the reservation the last time he was there in January with Robin. There was a photo of them. So did Robin make the reservation or did Cody? Did Cody already have this reservation for Robin, but then he swapped out for Janelle's name in May because he knew he was in the doghouse? I have a feeling that he was trying to figure out what he was going to do on this date. And Robin was like, you got to go to Mariposa. What about Mariposa? Why don't you take her there? Because I enjoyed it so much when you took me. You're familiar with it. Should be easy. You know the parking situation? (laughs) (laughs) It'll be great. I like how Cody got, again, he gets so close, so close to realizing all of these deep thoughts and emotional situations that he encounters. He gets so close to getting to the point. He thinks that their relationship is easily reconcilable. Like, they can get through this. They can work through this. Janelle does not think that, which makes Cody think he doesn't know what the real issue is. That's exactly what it is. But it's been clear, though, when they've had these conversations that he keeps making it about COVID. And then she says, it's not about COVID. And then he he makes it about the patriarchy. And she's like, it's not about the patriarchy. It goes a lot deeper than that. It's about the favoritism to Robin. And he doesn't want to talk about that. So he's pretending that's not the issue. Right. He can't deal with what the issue is. So he's ignoring that reason. And then he's throwing his hands up and saying, I have no idea what this reason could be. Why is this so irreconcilable? Well, it's not going over as well as he thought it was. He really thought that those reservations were going to score him some major points. She was happy that they were going there, but they're having a hard time making conversation. Oh, my God. Just getting in the car, her getting in the car and him throwing it in reverse and saying, all right, so happy birthday. Like, that would have done it for me. I would have been like, boy, you really know how to make a girl feel special. (laughs) I was going to say, he didn't have a card. He didn't have a gift. He didn't have flowers. They are going out to eat. But still, you kind of really, really, really have been in a bad place with this person. He was so proud of himself about the reservation, too. (laughs) He pat himself on the back at least three times in that conversation while Janelle was already being appreciative and impressed that that's where they were going, and that's what they were doing, he had to tout his own abilities in that as well. At one point, she was like, I wish that I had one of those first date books with all the questions that you ask one another, and that takes him way down. That's negativity that he was not looking for her to bring on this date 
today. So he was really manic when she first got in the car, and now he's getting kicked down a few notches. He was pretending to be manic, though, because he he started off very flat and very mundane with, so happy birthday. And then I feel like she started in with, that's not really what I was expecting. And then you can see him flip the switch where he he gets a little bit more energetic in the way that he's asking her things and the way that he's pretending to be excited about this outing that they're about to go on. So I think it was him putting trying to put the mask back up. Remember the old times? Remember this version of me yeah. that was fun to be around? That you liked. We can pretend. I can pretend to be that person again for, for a little, little bit. For, for a little, little while until you decide to stick around. Until you decide to stick around and then I'm going to drop it again. I just felt like her saying that she wished she had one of those books was such an indication of where she's at in their relationship because that's when you don't know anything about someone that you need to have conversation starters. So not a good sign. Yeah, Cody had high hopes, high expectations that this was all he was going to have to do to win Janelle back. So finding out that it's going to be a little bit more work, a little bit more effort, Anything above this is more than what he was expecting to put into this. Well, that's when he starts getting disillusioned. And he's losing interest. It's kind of weird and there's a lot of pressure because the cameras aren't in the car. So at one point they turn them off. And this seemed like it was Janelle's idea because that's what she was explaining. It's a little bit of pressure. She just wanted to kind of enjoy the night. It was her birthday. So they filmed for a little bit, and then she was requesting that they turn them off, which makes me feel safer that Cody wasn't just turning them off in an attempt to hide his crime in the timeline leading up to Janelle's disappearance. (laughs) I felt kind of disappointed because I was waiting for it to be like, it was such a great date. We had such a good time together. All of a sudden, everything's better, and then the cameras are off and we missed it, but that's not how things panned out, so... In hindsight, I guess I'm not as upset that they turned them off. Whatever gets you to this realization, Janelle, I'm happy. So, yeah, at one point, Janelle put her hand into Cody's hand just out of instinct, muscle memory, as it were. But then she retreated. She pulled her hand out of there. Just didn't feel right. Yeah, he's a different person. And it's uncomfortable to do these old things out of habit because connection isn't there with him anymore. He has different values for things, and their relationship has been unraveling for years, according to Janelle. But Cody still can't comprehend why they can't reconcile in this way, because they've done it before. Usually we just breeze past everything that was wrong, and Janelle just ignores it, and we move on. It was a bad fight. They've had worse, according to Cody, even though Janelle calls this the worst fight that they've ever had earlier in the episode. So have they had worse fights? I don't know. I guess that's up to Cody and Janelle's perception, but they're already not in agreement on that premise alone. But then Cody hits us with this really weird premise right at the end of the episode where he's been in love with Janelle before, so he knows he can do that again. But not Mary. Oh, not Mary. I don't think he was ever in love with Mary. (laughs) Apparently not. He's made that realization. But Cody wants Janelle to make him feel like a person instead of an object. You know, like how he's making Mary feel? (laughs) Like a literal object that he he wants to put in a barn. Shoving her in the barn dominium (laughs) with the leftover junk. What was that about? I was like, that is such a weird statement because nothing that that seemed to happen on this date had anything to do with her objectifying him in any way. Did they fuck? I don't know. That's where I'm like, did that happen? Did she get her her birthday treat and then ghost him? At one point, Janelle did say she wanted this to feel like a first date, second date, third date. So maybe it was a third date. Do it for the plot, Janelle. That's uh, all I'm saying. I mean. <laughs> what happened? I guess we'll have to find out. We need some more details on this. Maybe at the tell-all, we can find out what was going on on this date. Yeah, we need more questions about it. Next episode, the kids spill the tea on the Christmas gift exchange text fight. McKelty visits Cody and Robin, and Christine celebrates her ex-anniversary. Now, I was confused by the ex-anniversary celebration, so hopefully they'll explain it a little bit more. I wasn't sure if this was ex-anniversary, meaning... It used to be the day that she would celebrate with Cody as their anniversary, because I think that's sometime in March. 
So this seems like it's later in the summer. So it's probably when she left. It's celebrating when she left, Cody? I don't know. I'm confused. We'll see if she gives us more details. But it seems like maybe it's celebrating when she left. Her left anniversary. Her left my husband anniversary. I guess that's harder to say. Divorce anniversary. It's tougher to say than barn dominium. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.